And to those of us that are amongst the survivors, welcome. We are glad to have with us, uh, for those of you that don't know who's with us today, we have four ladies that are representing uh, Lucasville, Ohio, as well as in McDermott, Ohio, in that area. Did I say it right? And uh, I, they knew me, and right off the bat they said, you have to be a Praetor. So that's pretty good. They know Greg and Carla very well, and Greg and Carla used to be up in uh, uh, that part of the world serving the Lord each and every day, and we're so glad that you all come to be with us. The sacred Bible, so let's go to the book of Revelation. We're going to go to chapter 10, and uh, we're going to continue on our study. Here comes Jessica right now. Hi, girls. Hi there. How, you know, if you're ready for Sunday school class, if you go and you go right there with Miss Nancy, how's that? All right, so we're going to take our Bibles again. We're going to go to the book of Revelation, chapter 10, and uh, we're so glad to see each and everyone that's been able to make it out. Without any question, uh, we've gone through it uh, quite a bit with all of our sicknesses and things like that. Uh, we have had several people that are taking some vacation time, much needed, and uh, you know what I tell them is that we need to keep that in prayer, and as a special request today, I'd like to ask you to remember Landmark Missionary Baptist Church in Lyons, Georgia. Uh, their pastor, Brother Paul Jackson, uh, passed away yesterday, and uh, his family is uh, quite ensconced in the church as well, and so there's a lot of suffering that goes on. Uh, my daughter-in-law, Emily Prater, she is also a member there as well, and uh, I know it's going to be a difficult time for them, but they need our prayers. We're going to ask the Lord to bless. We're going to take and we're going to read uh, all slides that we have up on the screen, uh, you see that they are indicative of the handout that we had today as well. And so if you're able to get one of the uh, daily bulletins, you'll see that, the, uh, that it's on the back there also for you. And uh, we're going to get into a little bit of numerology as we can as well. Let's go ahead and begin our reading. And I saw in my mouth, it was tiny, and as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. 
And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many people and nations and tongues and kings. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Again, Father, we want to thank you for the blessings that you bestowed upon us. And uh, we are thankful to be able to stand in the pulpit again. Uh, Lord, I know that uh, I am still recovering from the uh, different sicknesses that I've had to face. But we are so glad that uh, you have restored all of our body back into one place. Uh, again, for uh, the fact is that many have been dealing with COVID again. We're so thankful that you have helped them overcome the COVID. We've had many that have also had to deal with uh, the sinus infection like myself. And Lord, you've given us strength so that we can be back uh, to serving you in this place. We're glad for our visitors. We're glad for the faithful. Uh, those that are traveling, we pray, Father, that you will continue to bless as well. Help us then, dear Father, to turn all of our attention to you this morning as we consider the book. And Lord, may we focus upon you and the things that are written therein. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. Now, another thing that I did have over on this little uh, piano-type platform there, you also see the seven thunders, which we have as Revelation chapter 10. But we're going to be looking at these images today, and I want us to consider very carefully what these images are all about. Now, in the opening, I wrote this. There are some things reserved for for the time and place to consider. I direct your attention to Daniel 12.4, and in that book, uh, Daniel, uh, some additional things were not permitted for him to write. And I wondered about this until I realized that many things had to happen. Now, let me explain this to you. When God tells us that something is not to be written in in his word, he's not trying to hold anything out on us. Reality is there's a reservation for what is going to be uttered at that particular time. Now, Daniel gave us a little bit of insight of what the things that were uttered. But understand this. They were looking for Messiah to come. They were not looking for the Antichrist to come. And so that's the biggest flaw we have in the day and age which we live in. We have too many people that they're focusing on the coming Antichrist and they're focusing upon Christ. And so we know as he shall take us upon this earth. Now, again, this is a church that we believe in a pre-tribulational rapture. Now, once again, there's a lot of people that they'll say, well, if you believe that, you're a Johnny come lately. May I point this out to you that even the Montanist, one of the early Baptists that occurred uh, in the first century, right after the apostles, they too were strong believers in the coming of uh, Jesus Christ, and they took a pre-tribulational position. So once again, we're very thankful for all the good that the Lord brings to us, but we need to be aware of these things that we see delivered. But remember... Jesus Christ, that 
true. Remember this, is that when Paul in Acts chapter 9, that one of the things that happened was he heard the voice of God when the And he goes, now, after surgery, you're not going to remember anything. He said, the medication we have, you'll be wide awake for it, but you're not going to remember anything. And I remembered everything. And the doctor said, well, why didn't you say something? I said, did you mean to say oops when you said oops? And he, and he started laughing. He goes, he said, I wondered if anybody heard that. I said, yeah, I heard that. And it had to do with my eye surgery. But he said, and I remember him saying this to the guy. He goes, give him some more medication. He can hear too much. Okay? So I want you to understand, yes, you can hear even when you have certain surgeries. But there are so many mysteries that are in the book of Revelation chapter 10 that we need to spend some time really focusing upon the other things that are there. Let's continue on with our morning reading here. Let's see what it says. Daniel was told more than he could report because the Messiah had not yet been born. Second, Daniel was shown the kingdoms which would come to power over the next 600 years. Remember this, that during the time of the or the Chabal Empire, which rose up. <coughs> so that's where we're today, in the beginning of Revelation chapter 10. We're going to go, we turn back to the Bible, and there's a couple of things I want us to look at. First of all, who is, well, there's a lot of speculation that this is really Christ incarnate, but I want to take a look earth. I want to show this to you. If you will, let's turn back just a couple pages to uh, Revelation. I'm going to go to chapter uh, chapter 4. And I want you to see the difference of what we see in heaven versus what we see on earth. And let's go down to verse 3. And he that, uh, that, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and sardis stone, and there was a rainbow around about the throne sight likened to an emerald. Now, there's a difference between the rainbow of heaven and the rainbow of earth. If you notice the depiction that we have here, we have the rainbow that is around the head of this individual, or this angel, and it bears the color of the rainbow. We've not been told any, anything else or anything differently. And I believe that the purpose behind this is to show us that there's a difference in the bows of heaven versus the rainbows of earth. 
Remember this, is that the rainbows of earth are always going to be depicted upon the cloud, the, the, the setting of the clouds, that focus is going to break it down, that pyramid is going to and these are going to be allowed to us upon this earth. Well, the things in heaven, this is something that surrounds the throne of God. This surrounds him. That's what the end is all about. So, So the Colossus was actually uh, one of those things that uh, allowed us into the Greek islands, things like that, and it was showing the power of any ship that would sail in between his legs that they had over everything. And the image that they got for the Colossus appears to be what we see in Revelation chapter 10. Now, a lot of people wonder what that is all about because the Colossus had one foot in the city. Now, there was a stone monument that was built underneath this one foot that was on the sea. But the reality suddenly fear mongers and hateful people if we speak about anything against homosexuality. Now, let me just put it this way. Unless I, I tell someone that uh, I am against homosexuality, people are immediately going to say, uh, well, you're just a homophobe. I'm not. M many years ago, when I, my first mission work was in Jackson, Ohio, and it would amaze you how many people were dying of the HIV or the AIDS that was there in Jackson, Ohio. And I remember this one young man, and I, I witnessed to him constantly about Jesus Christ. And I told him, you, you need to be born again. And this is what he said to me. He said, tonight I'm planning on going out to this one little rest area. Was out, I can't remember which highway it was. And he said, and I'm going to get on my CB and call in as many truckers as I can and sleep with them. I said, why would you want to do that? He said, someone gave me AIDS. I want to give it to them. And if a policeman tries to stop me, I'm going to call his eyes out. And I said, young man, I said, I'm here to tell you about Jesus Christ. Why don't you want to call my eyes out? And I will never forget his testimony. He said, you love me. You love me. You don't shun me. You don't treat me like a piece of dirt. You really do care who I am. Let me tell you something. One of the biggest areas we need in our life today is to love all people 
so that Christ can be seen in us. So it doesn't mean we have to be partakers of their sin. I don't have to be a partaker of their sin, but I will be glad. I will be glad. And that is the area when people see what they're doing is, and they're saying is, oh. what the scripture says. And I will establish my covenant with you. This is a covenant with the Lord God and man. It's not a covenant about homosexuality. It never say no more. So when this angel comes upon the scene, that that depiction is, yes, no longer is there going to be a flood, but I want you to hear what's getting ready to happen. From this point on, it's going to be the judgment of God. The next destruction is going to be by fire. The next great destruction is going to be the wiping away of all the islands. The next great destruction is going to be to reestablish Jesus Christ upon this earth, and Satan shall be chained for a thousand years. That's the next great destruction. But after the end of a thousand years, what's going to happen? We're going to see a breaking of that uh, chain, if you will. Satan is going to be released. And then comes the total destruction of the earth and the heavens. That's going to happen. And if you don't believe that you all have seen this when, if you've attended any kind of grade school. One of the first things they said, and we know I can handle it. I can do it in 11 days. 
but one billion seconds is 31 and a half years. Let that sink in. It's impossible to measure what scientists are now trying to shove down our throats, and yet they're teaching it as fact. And I love this, somebody also, and I, every now and then, I, I, I do not get my sermons off Facebook, uh, contrary to popular opinion, but I love what people post every now and then. And one person said, when you had this, this mentality that dinosaurs ruled the world, they didn't. He said, well, what do you mean? Who was the administrator of the dinosaurs? Can you imagine a, a secretary, how can I help you today, you know? There was no administrator. There was no leader. There was no... God created everything in literally six days, and on the seventh day he rested, including the dinosaurs. And death did not occur until Adam fell and dragged all the down with him, which included death. Now, whether you want to believe it or not, it doesn't make a difference to me at all. But I tell people this all the time. Do you really believe If your trust is in an amoeba, I feel so sorry for you. Because let me ask you this. Where did the amoeba get the nutrients to feed itself? Where did the amoeba, you know, can you imagine an amoeba going, well, I guess i got to figure out what i got to be next. Did it become a tree? Did it become plant life? Did it become human? Did it become an animal? One single cell, that's all they want, is one cell. Many years ago, I had to be, uh, I was asked to sit on a panel. And they said, oh, it's just a debate panel, and uh, we really want the Christian perspective. And, and so and do you know even the Christian church attacked us I spoke to one of the men his name is Sean who's homosexual by the way and I said to Sean I said they haven't been able to even create life in the laboratory and you, you're expecting me to swallow everything you say, hook, line, and sinker? And in the midst of everyone was there, they scoffed at me. I reached out to a friend of mine, his name was Steve Bean, who is a pastor out in California. And I said, Steve, you are an environmentalist engineer. I said, have they created life in the lab? He said, well, that's news to me. He said, I deal with that every day, and I, I've never seen it. I get all the reports. I've never heard it. They keep saying they're I went back to this individual, and I said, you said in the meeting yesterday that they have created life in the laboratory. Prove it. campus that we had there at Somerset. Come to find out, 
the people, they will lie through their teeth to prove a point. If you don't believe me that they are going to be products of lying, I'll give you an example. My, my granddaughter, she one day, she said, now Grandpa, I love it when, when, when grandkids think that they know more than their grandparents, how are they going to start? Oh, no, that's coming. She said, don't She said, we Question. Question. I said, how old is our son? What kind of son do we have? She said, well, I don't know. I said, the son we have that we circle is called a dwarf yellow star. And it will only last 10,000 years. And I said, then it shrinks. And as it shrinks, it puts off less power. And pretty soon, even the earth is drawn into it. And we are consumed by the heat. That would have occurred less than 20,000 years ago. Suddenly she got quiet. I said, you're not old enough to remember the moon landing in 1969. I was there. I, remember, I had that old black and white TV, and I remember I was tuning it every day just to see if I could get an image. And I remember one evolutionist that got up and said, we, we are so... We know that for every thousand years there's an inch of lunar dust. And because the earth is millions of years of age and the moon is millions of years of age, then that is going to fall into about 10 to 15 feet of lunar dust. How much dust did it land into? Six inches. How did they manage? And you know what they did then? Oh! their own life without making a change. That rainbow is a depiction of Christ and his promise to this earth. This is not Christ. It is an judgment. He is not going to be the declarer that are therein and the earth and the things therein and the sea and the things that are therein and there should be no time no longer or time no longer. So the reality is, is that everything we see in this particular verse is telling us that this angel has come to stop time and to bring final judgment upon the earth. Notice what else it says in verse 2. And he had in his hand, see that little scroll there? 
what I love about this image. How many of you all see that scroll? And it's in the picture that I've sent you all as well because I use the same I image there. That little scroll is the same as a book. And we don't... The book of Ezekiel, chapter 3, is another time that we see the same depiction of a scroll that is given unto the man of God. Ezekiel, chapter 3, there we go, it's after the book of Lamentations. All right, let's see what we have here. In chapter 3, let's go down to verse 3. And he said in the John is going to be preaching is going to be a continuation of what we find in the book of Ezekiel. Look what else he says. For they were what else it says here. Let's see if it's not said. Verse 11 of Revelation chapter 10. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy it is interesting to me, of all the men that lived, of all the apostles that were upon this earth, and it is believed that only John, the Revelator, St. John, John the Apostle, is the only one to have lived a natural life. But notice that again, this is the promise that was given to God. And he said to me, Thou, you, John, yes, you right here, you must prophesy again before many people and nations. Do you realize I have the prophecy of John in my hand? Now think about this for a moment. The things that John wrote and was permitted to write And I try to do everything I can to hone my skills in the English. But how many people also have heard the message in, in, in Spanish, or in Latin, or in Italian, or in, you know, many other languages? They've heard the messages over and over again, and it's so powerful what they've heard that these things must come to pass. But the entire time, they will turn a deaf ear to the things of God. How do I know that? Because that's what the Scripture tells me. Notice again, that once, it, that once this is put into place, that this, this angel is going to say, Now, John, you're going to be able to declare these truths. Look at verse 3. And he cried with a lot Now, here's what's interesting to me. If you would, uh, Joe, go ahead and let's increment it to the last slide. Remember, 
19. Now, I hope you all can see this. I did not add this in the slide presentation. But what's interesting is we are now looking at the sixth angel. Not the seventh angel, but the sixth angel. And notice that with the number six, you have man, beast, the flesh, 666. How many of you have heard about that as well? Every time you see something happening with the sixth, it regards man. Seven is an utterance of completion. Look what it says there. Perfect, completion, rest. It can also mean the opposite of uncleanliness. So I want you to get this. This angel is going to be permitted were there. Go ahead and back that up one slide if you're going to jump. I want you to see this. Notice it says, and when the seven thunders spoke to him, it's about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up the thunders. Have we not seen that as well? And when the seven thunders had uttered their voices, I was about to write, and I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, seal up those things which the seven thunders uttered, and write them not. I don't know what those seven thunders are going to issue, but I'm not going to be here. And, and I know that without a shadow of a doubt because Jesus Christ is my Savior. I am not looking for the Antichrist. I'm looking for the Christ. And the day is going to come that I'm going to stand victoriously in heavenly places, away from all sickness, in a new body. I always tell people this. You think I'm good looking now? You ain't seen nothing yet. Because then I shall no longer have gray hair. I'll have my regular color tint. I'll no longer have metal plates in my face and in my, my, my beard or whatever. I shall be whole and victorious in Christ. I will not have bad teeth. I'll have perfect teeth. I won't have to deal with sinuses anymore because I will breathe the heavenly air. And no harm can come to me. But to the rest that are upon this earth, I feel for them. Because think about this. The millions that have already died. The millions that have died. The billions that have died. There's going to be so much devastation upon this earth. More than we can even imagine. And yet, they're going to hear these seven thunders. Now whether they are intended for everyone to hear, I don't know. But when they offer their, their thunderings, people will listen. And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lift up his hand to heaven and swear by him. Here's the thing that's amazing. Do you see where it says that he raises his hand? He's raising his hand and saying, I, I cannot do And so, I'm telling you right now, hear the Word of God. And that's why we have a responsibility to go into the world, not to glamorize the book of Revelation. These things should scare us to death. Can you imagine our family members facing 
the consequences of these terrible things? Can we imagine these things happening right before our eyes? I will say this, is that the Lord's willing we shall continue on with this, but let us remember one thing and one thing only. Let us remember that God must always give the intervention. Let's go to the book of Romans. We'll close with this. Romans chapter 11. And here's what I, here's what I want everybody to understand. The book of Revelation is not about the Gentile people. The book of Revelation is about bringing the Jewish people unto Christ. And in verse 25, before I will not have, I will not, for I will not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that the blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. You will hear everywhere you go people saying, you mean the Gentile church? There's no such critter. There's local New Testament churches that the Lord established. There's not one universal church. And so all people shall be saved as the and we shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And this is my covenant unto them which uh, when I shall take away their sins. And watch this. Look at verse 28. This is where I want you to, to focus on. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, never forget election. The Lord has already destined who is going to be his people. Notice what it says. As touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. Father, again, I want to thank you for your blessings today. Help us now as we move into our next service. Guide and bless. For it's in Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you all.